Day four, the ninth story of the Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio. Translated by J. M. Rigg. Day four, the ninth story. Sieur Guillaume de Roussillon slays his wife's paramour, Sieur Guillaume de Cabestang, and gives her his heart to eat. She, coming to wit thereof, throws herself from a high window to the ground, and dies, and is buried with her lover. Nayville's story, which had not failed to move the gossips, to no little pity, being ended, none now remained to speak but the king, and Dioneo, whose privilege the king was minded not to infringe, wherefore he thus began. I propose, compassionate, my ladies, to tell you a story, which, seeing that you so commiserate ill-starred loves, may claim no less a share of your pity than the last, insomuch as they were greater folks of whom I shall speak, and that which befell them was more direful. You are to know, then, as the Provencals relate, that there was in Provence two noble knights, each having castles and vassals under him, the one, Sieur Guillaume de Roussillon, and the other, Sieur Guillaume de Cabestang. And being both most doughty warriors, they were as brothers, and went ever together, and bearing the same device to tournament or joust or other passages of arms. And albeit each dwelt in his own castle, and the castles were a good ten miles apart, it nevertheless came to pass that Sieur Guillaume de Roussillon, having a most lovely lady and amorous withal to wife, Sieur Guillaume de Cabestang, for all they were such friends and comrades, became inordinately enamoured of the lady, who by this, that, and the other sign that he gave, discovered his passion, and knowing him for the most complete knight, was flattered and returned it, insomuch that she yearned and burned for him above all else in the world, and waited only till he should make his suit to her, as before long he did, and so they met from time to time, and great was their love, which intercourse they ordered with so little discretion that twas discovered by the husband, who was very wroth, insomuch that the great love which he bore to Capistang was changed into mortal enmity, and, dissembling it better than the lovers their love, he made his mind up to kill Capistang. Now it came to pass that, while Roussillon was in this frame, a great tourney was proclaimed in France, whereof Roussillon sent forth word to Capestang, and bade him to his castle. So he reminded to come, that there they might discuss whether or no to go to the tourney and how. Capestang was overjoyed, and made answer that he would come to sup with him the next day without fail. Which message being delivered, Roussillon wist that the time was come to slay Capestang. So next day he armed himself, and attended by a few servants, took horse, and about a mile from his castle lay an ambush in a wood through which Cabestang must needs pass. He waited for some time, then he saw Cabestang approach, unarmed, with two servants behind, also unarmed, for he was without thought of peril on Roussillon's part. So Cabestang came onto the place of Roussillon's choice, and then fell and vengeful, Roussillon leapt forth, lance in hand, and fell upon him, exclaiming, Thou art a dead man! And the words were no sooner spoken than the lance was through Cabestang's breast. 
Powerless either to defend himself or even utter a cry, Cabestang fell to the ground and soon expired. His servants waited not to see who had done the deed, but turned their horses' heads and fled with all speed to their lord's castle. Roussillon dismounted and opened Cabestang's breast with a knife and took out the heart with his own hands, wrapped it up in a banderol, and gave it to one of his servants to carry. He then bade none make bold to breathe a word of the affair, mounted his horse and rode back, t'was not night, to his castle. The lady, who had been told that Cabustang was to come to supper that evening, was all impatience till he should come, and was greatly surprised to see her husband arrive without him. Wherefore, how is this, my lord, said she, why tarries Cabustang? Madam, answered her husband, I have tidings from him that he cannot be here until to-morrow, whereat the lady was somewhat disconcerted. Having dismounted, Roussillon called the cook, and said to him, Here is a boar's heart, take it, and make thereof the daintiest and most delicious dish thou canest, and when I am set at table, serve it in a silver porringer. So the cook took the heart, and expended all his skill and pains upon it, mincing it, and mixing with it plenty of good seasoning and made thereof an excellent ragout. And in due time, Seigneur Gaillon and his lady sat them down to table. The meat was served, but Seigneur Gaillon, his mind engrossed with his crime, ate but little. The cook set the ragout before him, but he, feigning that he cared to eat no more that evening, had it passed on to the lady, and highly commended it. The lady, nothing loath, took some of it, and found it so good that she ended by eating the whole. Whereupon, Madam, quoth the knight, how liked you this dish? In good faith, my lord, replied the lady, not a little. So help me God, returned the knight, I dare to be sworn you did. Tis no wonder that you should enjoy that dead, which you living enjoyed more than aught else in the world. For a while the lady was silent. Then, how say you, said she, what is it you have caused me to eat? That which you have eaten, replied the knight, was in good sooth the heart of Seigneur Gaillon de Cabestang, whom you, disloyal woman that you are, did so much love. For assurance, whereof I tell you that, but a short while before I came back, I plucked it from his breast with my own hands. It boots not to ask if the lady was sorrow-stricken to receive such tidings of her best beloved. But after a while, she said, "'Twas the deed of a disloyal and recreant knight, for if I, unconstrained by him, made him lord of my love, and thereby did you wrong, t'was I, not he, should have borne the penalty. But God forbid that fair, of such high excellence as the heart of a knight, so true and courteous as Seigneur Guillaume de Cabestang, be followed by aught else. So saying, she started to her feet, and stepping back to a window that was behind her, without a moment's hesitation, let herself drop backwards therein. The window was at a great height from the ground, so the lady was not only killed by the fall, but almost reduced to atoms. Stunned and conscience-stricken by the spectacle, and fearing the vengeance of the country folk and the Count of Provence, Sieur Guillaume had his horses saddled and rode away. On the morrow, the whole countryside knew how the affair had come about. Wherefore, folk from both of the castles took the two bodies and bore them with grief and lamentation exceeding great to the church in the lady's castle, and laid them in the same tomb, and caused verses to be inscribed thereof, signifying who they were that were there interned, in the manner and occasion of their death. End of Day 4, The Ninth Story